0: MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stuart Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me is Stuart Whiffin. You're looking a bit tanned, I think. Have you been getting in the sun?
1: I haven't. I haven't. It's really weird. You're you're about the second or third person that said that to me over the last couple of days, and, and I really haven't. You just unwashed. One of them. You've not washed. <laughs> yeah, i just just dirt. <laughs> I am one of them people that's an annoying, like to to a lot of people that I do go brown really quickly, mm, and uh, that is annoying. So I probably just walked the dog and 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 caught this bit of a, 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 of a tan, but uh, I'm very aware of it at the moment now because you're borderline transparent (laughs) and
0: uh and i I have actually been in the sun quite a bit and i'm still but
1: yeah you've even put your white t-shirt on as well haven't you try and accentuate it.
0: absolutely yeah no i'm i am either white or red like a lobster that is that is me there's no brown with me anymore (laughs) it's just white or burnt red so uh yeah factor 50 all the way for me
1: yeah shall we discuss today's guest
0: Yes, yes, we absolutely should. Um, We have got the fantastic uh, Veronica Hardy on the show, coming off of her uh, win in London a while ago against Juliana Miller. Before that, she had not been in the cage for three years, and uh, we go into all of that and the health Mm. uh, kind of implications of what made her make that decision to to stay out of the cage for so long. And, uh, yeah, we talk about what got her into into martial arts and... uh, Also, uh, the Dan as well. We we mentioned Dan. Dan gets brought up as well. So uh, yeah, should we just crack on with that?
1: Well, look before we do, one of the other things um, that I want to do before this interview kicks off is shout out Gamcare. Yes, and uh, because we 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 spoke about it um, briefly, and to to introduce you to uh, to to Gamcare for those that don't know and uh and we're now, um working with them it's it's not a, it's not a paid sponsorship or anything it's something that's very uh personal to Blake and I we we actively sort of refuse to uh work with gambling uh sites which which you know that if if that's your thing that's your thing um but it's not as and uh um, and we've seen that the damage that, that that gambling can do uh to 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 people and and so we thought we'd we'd kind of buck that trend and and reach out to GamCare and say, "Look, we'd love to talk about the work that you do, and it's phenomenal work that they do as well." And uh, and and so they, they they were more than happy uh, to 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 say, "Look, this is great. You know, please feel free to chat about it." The demographic of, of, of fans of um, MMA is very much uh, a, an audience that they're targeting as well. Um, so, if you have got sort of any concerns about your your behavior gambling or or that of a of a friend or a loved one then i'd very much you know recommend that you reach out to to GamCare. we'll put the the contact details in the show notes of this so just click uh down and have a look in the show notes click the link and uh, and the website's fantastic the website will will guide you through all manner of 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 of, of points that you, you may feel that you're at and there's there's so many ways that you can get in contact with them as well um not just uh, over the phone so I, w- I would recommend that you just click the show notes if anything um about your your relationship with gambling is, is is maybe making you think that uh it should be addressed in some way shape or form head over to to, to gam
0: absolutely yeah they do uh phenomenal work uh, i will read out the phone number just in case you want to uh to hear it and get in touch with them the phone number is 0808 0808- 802-0133 that's 0808-802-0133 and they've got a 24 7 helpline for you or if you are a friend or family member of someone else with a, a a problem then you can get in touch with them as well they will listen to you no judgment talk to you and give you some advice on some of the best steps forward to uh deal with your own or someone else's uh Uh, addiction or problem to gambling
1: absolutely shall we get on with the
0: episode let's do it ladies and gentlemen here is veronica hardy hello and welcome to the mma fan podcast uh we have a very special guest for you today we have veronica hardy how are you doing
2: i am all good happy to speak to you guys so early in the morning
1: oh perfect perfect (laughs) now the internet has gone (laughs) oh really oh mine no. I think that no. might be Blake's. That was
0: mine oh. then. Wow, oh. this is a this is oh, it says it's just come up saying your internet connection is unstable. So that's wow. great. So Wow, what a is, start
1: to a podcast. What a start this. to a
0: podcast. <laughs> Do we just try again? Do we start no, again? No, let's leave no, it we there. Carry, let's, keep carry on. let's keep I have rolling. no idea what's just happened for the last three or four seconds. You could have broke some amazing news, and I have no idea what's going on. No, so, I just uh, oh. yeah, I, Don't worry.
1: <laughs> oh, it was well, nothing that, major. Veronica just confirmed she's fighting Conor McGregor. I knew I'd knew,
0: i miss all the big
1: announcements. That's what it is. Damn it. Um, yes, Look. <laughs> Look, rather than rather than go back to the start of the podcast. there's a tenuous link coming here. Let's go back to the start of, of, of veronica's mm-hmm. career and and Veronica, if you can tell us just we we always like to start the podcast with you like, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, what it was like growing up, and how you come to find yourself involved in martial arts
2: um well, I was born in Venezuela uh, I moved there with my family when I moved from Venezuela to America to Florida with my family when I was five years old uh, and yeah, I mean, that part was a bit tough because it's like you're going to a new country, you don't speak the language, you don't speak anything. You know, like none of my family spoke the language and and it was just like trying to to find your way within a, a world that didn't make any sense to you because it was, it was just so different to, to anything. So I, I just remember, you know, like we were in this really small apartment. I have three sisters. We were all sharing like a room and... And then you know, I started to go to school. I, I I was struggling at the time because because of the language barrier, but you know, I, I worked really hard in order to to learn English and uh and kind of like move on. Um, and then we we moved to to, to another place. Uh, so, sorry, one second. Uh, how do I end this?
0: <laughs> Don't end this meeting.
2: No, no, I'm trying to like, end the phone call that's coming through. <laughs> Usually, I have it on on like flight mode, so so, but then it wouldn't work for us. Um, actually, just one second.
0: To be fair, I've been having technical difficulties as well. I realized my mics wasn't on properly, so uh, so this is a fantastic start. For
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, wonderful!
0: Now Veronica has frozen. This has been one of the worst starts to an episode we've done.
1: I'm so sorry.
2: I thought it was just going to hit the phone call. Oh, my God. What's great is you've done a
1: whole... Basically, like, the whole back catalogue now of blooper reels has been contained in the first two minutes of this one episode, should we just Incredible. start
0: again? <laughs> Couldn't be more perfect. Uh, oh, yeah, so, it, so you moved, you moved to Florida, and you had you, you, was it three sisters, and you were in a smaller uh, yeah We, we're, uh, we were three sisters, so
2: I, so I was the middle one. And then, um, and then I remember, like, I just started watching, like, uh, like Bruce Lee movies came up, and I just started watching it, and I was like, wow, that is awesome. You imagine you like go in a room, and you can just like you know. It, you kind of like stand up for, for what you want and you're not scared. And even if people are like, I felt a little bit, well, I've, I've never thought of it this way, but now that I, now that I do, I'm like, I felt a little bit like of a connection. Like, yeah, I'm like, like a foreign person kind of in this place that I just, you know, I just want to do what's right and, and be there. And people like, me all the time. And I just want to be able to like defend myself and, and, and be in a room and not feel so scared. So so then I started, I was like, oh, I need to get, I didn't know any anything about MMA or anything like that. I was like, I need to start doing karate because that was, you know, what, what was around. And um, I told my parents, I was like, oh, I, I need to go, I need to start. And they were like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. So I was like, no, no, I, I need to do it. And I got so persistent, I started to, you know, started to like hit sofas around like trying to kick them like I got in the wall and I started trying to punch <laughs> and the thing is we we're living in America so in America you punch a wall you're, you're going like break a hole through it it's not the same as like in the UK where it's like proper solid so we were at and my parents were like you know what fine I saw this flyer that was in this like little community center not too far from our house and I saw this flyer and I was like you have to take me please take me So we went and, you know, I was, I was like the smallest person there and everybody was a lot more skilled than me, obviously, but I was very persistent. Uh, And I remember going home one day and, and I told my dad, I was like, oh, you know, these, these girls are better than me. And then he's like, well, all you have to do is show up every day. Don't miss a class. And sooner or later, you're going to be better than them. And I, I was like, okay. No problem, <laughs> so I showed up every day. I was early, you know like and and it just became this love and this realization that there was there was like this whole world to be discovered with martial arts, this whole entire thing and and it helped my grades. I went from not having i didn't have bad grades, but I didn't have great grades to to being like a very very good student. Like a super good student, and then you know, it just it taught me so much about how to act like a person and what I thought my morals were, and and everything that like I really owe that to to martial arts that that kind of peace within myself and and in life. Um, and can then you, I started. Can you
0: find a more sorry. Can you find a more specific link between like? Because I think that's a wonderful thing that that you've said. That that can you find a specific link between? doing martial arts and how your the, the, your academic side improved so much is it discipline is it focus like what 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 do you think that that was that link
2: i i i think it was it was a little bit of both because um like in the grading school i would get like c's i would struggle i was i was actually like an esol kid which it's like if you don't speak the language, so so kids at school were like, yeah, you're like below us. You're not even in the regular classes. And I went from that to being in, an, an honor student, and like and like skipping grades. You know, I got held back to to then skipping two, and um, in, in class wise, I was still in the same grade, but class wise, yes. I was taking advanced classes. And and it it was just this this ability that it taught me to to be persistent. Right, if I didn't get something re- Right immediately, I wasn't like oh, whatever, you know. I was I I knew that I had to to study to to make kind of like a plan, like a structure within my life. It's not like I went from this to this time. I'm gonna you know study or or do this, but all of it felt more structured, and I felt a lot more respect for my teachers. Right, because I saw them as as my senseis. They weren't like they weren't this annoying teacher that gave me homework and made me do all these things. I'm like, no, these are people that are teaching me life and teaching me things to to evolve. And I gave them the respect that they deserve, to be honest. They they, they do they do deserve that uh, deserve all that respect. And I felt that way. And I and I just I kind of wanted to make them proud as well because I, I realized that, you know, if I worked hard, I made my coaches proud and I could do the same at school. And and it was just it was that that discipline, that dedication to something that that helped me out a lot, and the structure, the the not feeling lost. So I didn't. I was spending time doing the things that needed to be done instead of spending time in my own head, kind of feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, if that makes sense.
1: Like, it's it's fascinating to hear that your academia really sort of excelled, you know, of of the back of of, of training. Um, in regards to the sort of training aspect of it, um, the, the dedication is, is, is obviously there, but did you feel that it came, not easy, but did, did you feel that you was doing something that you had a flair for, you know, when you see the, the, the people in the gym that, that get it quick and it, and it seems to, you know, that it seems like they've got a flair for it. Did, was that you or, or did you have to really, really sort of apply yourself for it to come to you? I'm
2: I'm sure, I'm sure like some people I had these conversations very often, right? Like, because because then, then I started to to go to different martial arts and do different things. So they would, like, for example, when I started Taekwondo or when I started Kung Fu or Jiu-Jitsu, they were like, is is this your first time? And I would say, yes, I've done other things. But those other things helped me um, with my coordination and they helped me with, with all type of different skills that would then pass on to, to this other skill. So it wasn't like it was... It was my first time per se, but because these other uh, aspects trained me in a different way, it helped me pick something up. So uh, I consider myself to be a a very fast learner, but I feel I'm a very fast learner because I've broadened the spectrum. A lot when when it comes to yes. martial arts in my body so i did I did a bit of gymnastics i did I did so many different things that I kind of had a better control of my body. so when I went to learn other things, it was a bit easier because I had more control of myself now, it wasn't like my limbs were just doing something I'm like what are you doing? I had a little bit of control, so I feel that helped and then I started to make uh correlations between things like okay, this is a little bit different from Like Muay Thai and Taekwondo kicks. Like you're you're still doing a kick, but one of them you open up and you uh, open up your hips a bit more, and it's a bit more about power, and the other one's a bit more about speed. So it's about finding, like, knowing different. It's like knowing different colors, and then seeing how you can blend them. So it gave me more freedom when it came to applying my own style to it.
0: Yeah, I I did a lot of uh, tap dance as a kid, so my ankles (laughs) now are lethal. (laughs) lethal <laughs> ankles i just whoosh, whoosh, from all the i bet you dances, wake up right? and it's just like whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> yeah, i'll just tap down the stairs tap up the stairs. Um, yeah that's just me all the time but um you did you you mentioned in, like doing this stuff at, at a young age i mean if i'm right in saying this your first pro fight was at 16 uh,
2: no I, th- I think i was i was eight
0: i don't know actually i don't really know my
2: well, uh, no, well, I'm I think I was telling a...
0: you that the, oh, the reliable okay, people on Wikipedia, those reliable people that never get anything wrong on Wikipedia, say it's sixteen. No, so... I, th- I think I think
2: that was like amateur, maybe. No, I, I think that I was eighteen amateur. already. I'm pretty sure I was eighteen. I don't remember 18? it to be honest. Everything's been in my life just feels like mushed together.
0: <laughs> but no, but it was still pretty feels young. quite young. Like, do you do you feel like you were? Do you feel like you started at a very age? Obviously, we'll talk about the fact that, you know, you had three years off later on. But, like, mm-hmm. is, do you reckon that's a, a young age to start with, like, pro fights, especially now seeing people coming through that have got, you know, that you think of someone like, like, um, Mohamed Makhayev or even, like, Jack Shaw that have got these very extensive amateur careers as well. Do, do you do you feel like 16 or, or 18 is, is very young to start a pro career? Or do you think it's just down to the individual?
2: Well, it, for, for me, it's, I didn't turn pro because I... I thought I was a pro athlete or anything. I ended up turning pro because I had more than 20 something canceled amateur fights. And I'm just like, I want to go, you know, cause, cause I, I, I had, I had one and it was, it was such a bizarre experience because I'd never been to an MMA show before. I'd more or less seen it on TV. Like when I was six, uh, like, yeah, 14, 15, I'd more or less saw it. And i had done, I've always done martial arts. So I was just like, Oh, you just, you just go in there and do all of it together. You know, I didn't, I didn't really view it as uh, as much of a system as it kind of clearly has paved today. Um, so for I just remember like walking out and just being like, "Oh wow, look at this!" and being in front and just having like this all these like bizarre experiences for me. It, yeah, awesome. and it was it, it was it was so crazy. It was so crazy because at the time I had my first amateur fight in in England. So I was already in in a different country and everything was was like cr- was crazy to me. And um and then I had another one and in that one I got um a head kick knockout and oh it was awesome, it went like viral. But then after that I got a lot of just everybody turned down a fight against me because they, they would just pop it up on YouTube and be like, No, we're we're not doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> blame them. <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, no. No, you're good. Then- yeah, but it, it
2: was <sighs> It, it, it kind of sucked, to be honest, because I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, to to have those that time to make those mistakes and to learn and to and to improve myself. It was it was just I was just thrown straight into the fire because of it. It was just okay. Well, you can't find one here. Maybe if you go pro, you might find a fight. And then it went that. Um, and yeah, then it, like I took them all. So between my first pro fight and my UFC fight, it, there was six months. <laughs> six months. Like, I I look back and I was just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had zero idea of anything. And I didn't have a, I didn't have a, like a house that I lived in. Does that make sense? I was kind of traveling. I was, I was lost. I was lost. I was just traveling with my dad from one gym to the next. and, And I didn't really understand. It's not like I went to an MMA gym. It was like, oh, this guy teaches wrestling. So you go here and this guy teaches boxing. So the only time I kind of was able to put it together was when I was in 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 the cage, and then like find out what the mistakes were. And on top of that, it, it's hard to find what your mistakes were when you're already dealing with with the fact that you're in a cage without being really prepared. And that's what I felt in my last fight. I was just like, "What have I been doing this whole time?" You know. I, that's cool. I, so you had you had <laughs> a
0: fi- You had a five wins and one draw. Yes. Uh, before you got to the UFC, yes, then, and you, and that all happened in six months. Yeah, six months. That's so mental. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> crazy. so you had like a fighter a month, five wins, one draw. Right, I'm a UFC fighter now. That's yes. crazy.
2: And my first UFC event was the one I fought in.
1: That's so
2: nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really crazy because because I, I felt like. <laughs> Financially, I was I was never really stable, obviously. Um, and then um, I'm from Venezuela, and I, I, it's not until recently that I was able to get my dual citizenship with Portugal because my grandparents migrated from Portugal to Venezuela, and by third generation, you, you can get your passport. So I always felt a limited time when I was in places because it's limited time before your your stay is okay. And I would apply for for residency, and I would always get denied. So, like, I lived in England until I got kicked out. Like, they waited for me at the airport with my passport. Like, here you go, leave. You know, and, and England was where I went because I saw I saw Dan. Uh, I I used to see him when I was uh, you know younger, and and I just like his attitude, and I like that he threw kicks a lot. So I was like, oh, I did a lot of Taekwondo um the way he fights maybe something like there's there's a lot that I can learn from him that he can teach me that will apply to me because it's some somebody that I felt had a similar sort of view and and style in the way he talked about martial arts I felt a lot of a connection to him in that regard so I was like if I'm going to have this great Mr. Miyagi type of teacher it's it's going to be damn and and I don't know why because I like I saw other fighters and I didn't feel that about anybody else so when I came to England, and this was the timeline's crazy. So I moved to to America when I was five, and I left when I was sixteen. I stayed in Venezuela. I went back to my home country for about two months, um, and then I went to Spain. I lived there for a little bit, and then I went back to Venezuela um, because my mother was sick. So she went to Venezuela to get treatment, uh, and after that. I, I traveled for a competition and it was a tech one, competition. And I was just like, this doesn't feel genuine to myself. You know, a lot of this, a lot of the way that the fighting has become has changed. It's been a lot of, uh, it's about how tall and skinny and how you can like touch somebody and, and I, and I want to fight. I want to be like, like some warrior type thing and be free to, why have I learned all these martial arts for, you know, if I can only use like one part of it, so I I was like I'm going to do MMA. But I never thought I'm going to I'm going to be in the UFC. I'm going to do any of this. I mean like Ronda was just coming up at the time and I didn't really know. Like I knew it because one of my coaches brought it up. He's like, "Oh, you're going to be like Ronda." And I was like, "Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means."
1: Was, was 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 seeing Ronda at that point inspiring. Obviously being one of the the, the first women to fight in the UFC like how, how important, you know, was was it watching uh somebody like Ronda.
2: Well, I don't quite I hadn't quite figured out how to watch the fights yet <laughs> <laughs> so so I was told about Rondo, but I hadn't really watched her until a little bit later when I figured all that out so I mean it was is everything like she changed everything she made like yeah, she opened up every single door like whether you like her as a person you can't deny that she has changed so much. Yeah. Like she's allowed women to, to be in the sport and something that, you know, was said that's never going to happen. Um, and for, like I said, for me, it was never about doing it as a job. I just felt like I was in this, like this mission of, of martial arts. I didn't really think about like a career or anything. I just thought my life is doing martial arts. <laughs> and, that, and that that was it. That was that was my big master plan, and somehow it was going to work itself out, and I didn't think how, about it how...
0: go on, sorry, you carry on
2: yeah, I just like i didn't think I didn't think I wanted to have a school or anything. I just I felt like there was so much to learn that I couldn't stop,
0: yeah, how <laughs> difficult was that then when your when your journey oh is all about martial arts and you're having success early on. How difficult was it? Because you, once you got to the UFC and it still blows my mind that you did all of that in, in six months and got into the UFC, but how was it then? Cause I think your first three UFC fights you, you lost. How yeah. difficult was that mentally? Did you have those moments of, of imposter syndrome or self doubt where you were just like, Oh, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, that did hit me. It did hit me like that because I, it was like, what have I been doing? I felt like I was. I don't. I don't mean none of this in in like some weird narcissistic way. I'm I'm just not like that, you know. But I felt like I was better skilled. I was like, I have more skills. I felt like I had a better spirit. I felt like I was younger and all this thing and, and things weren't working. Why are they not working and then the first time I was just like the first time I fought it it was it was like a two weeks notice I was very ill i was I was in a hospital when they told me about the fight, and i was like okay i'm I'm gonna go anyway you know and and I showed up and and i and and in that one, it didn't hit me that much because it, it was horrible to lose absolutely horrible. But in my head, I'm like, you knew that was the dice you were rolling to get into the UFC. You know, like you, you knew that that was a possibility because of how you stepped in there. Uh, and then and then I was scheduled to fight in the O2 and that I felt like that was amazing because I was, I was like, wow, I, st- I started MMA per se, you know, like my, my amateur fights in England. And now I'm going to get to fight in the O2. That's amazing. And. Two weeks before the fight, I tore my ACL. Oh, bad. Yeah, so I ended up watching the fight on my phone, woken up right after surgery. Like, it was it was so heartbreaking. It was like, oh, the stars were aligned. Like, that was just, you know, that was just, like, not too bad. The stars were aligned now, and I was going to fight in the O2, and, and it was going to be so special because I was going to, first of all, get a visa to go back to England, <laughs> which would have made everything a lot easier or training-wise, but... But it, it just it didn't happen. It didn't happen and and it and it was just one after the other, like of bad things, of surgeries, of injuries, of of not being able to stay in a country because of my passport and and I just felt like it's too much. It's too much for me. I, I just I can't do this all on my own. You know, at the time I didn't have a team. I was going from country to country trying to learn all these things, but I didn't have a team. I, and I felt like everything was just like, I'm not this super, you know, super talented person that can just do it like in the cartoons. And, and I felt lost. I didn't have a coach. I didn't, I didn't have anything. And then, and then I lost. And then I felt even worse and I'm like, Oh no, it's just because, because of this. And, and then, and I trained and, and it was, it was weird because uh, during the training, I would a- I would be able to like you know they split it up and I was able to do like really good things when other people other people that were doing really good, I would do so well against them, but then when I stepped in there, it was there was just this giant disconnect, and yeah, and it, it was hard because it, it went from one gym to the next, and then if you go to a gym and you're a UFC fighter, they're just like, "I'm gonna mess you up." you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> you know, because everyone, everyone's there to like mess you up. So in their mind, they can go like, I, you know, like, I beat a UFC fighter when they're going home. And, and I was just like, dude...
0: Good job. You beat the worst UFC fighter. Like, I lose all the time. <laughs> but, like, but how was that to get... Because it you, you seems like you've got over that really well because you came back after that. You beat uh, Poliana Viana, I think it was, uh, 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 and finished her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how was that then to get your first win in the UFC? And, and, and how, how was that journey from that third loss to going into the cage for that four fight where you're like, well, if I lose this, I'm definitely getting cut. For sure, I'm getting cut if I lose four in a row. And then you get a stoppage victory. Like, talk, talk me through that journey from kind of like, how th- that, that that imposter syndrome and how down you are at that point to like, oh my God, I've just finished someone. My UFC career can really start going now.
2: Yeah. Oh, I saw, it. I was a bit, that was... There was a fight I was really nervous for because I had changed. It, and it wasn't because I was going to get cut or anything. I, I never really thought about that. I, people yeah. brought it up to me a lot. Like, oh, you lost this fight. You're going to get cut. And I was just like, I didn't even think I was going to get into UFC in the first place. You know, I didn't even think that was a possibility <laughs> for my life. Like, my focus is the person in front of me trying to beat me up. Not, not the getting cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting cut in the fight. That's the problem. Yeah. And so... I I I had this this like one place to the next. So so this was part of my schedules before fights. I would I would train about six hours a day, six seven hours, and I would be about six hours in a car from one gym to the next. So I would get to the gym and I would be doing the workouts, but my mind was just I was exhausted. Mm. I was so tired. I was so exhausted, and nothing nothing was sticking together. You know, I had like a Muay Thai coach that I go for Muay Thai and he was teaching me ground and pound. And I'm just like, no, because, you know, he's like, you're an MMA fighter. So here, I'm going to teach you this ground and pound. And I was like, no, no, I'm I'm coming to you specifically for Muay Thai. And then you don't want to be disrespectful. And then it was just it was just such a mess. So for that fight, I had gone to I was in in Canada. I was in Vancouver. And it was just after receiving my Portuguese nationality, so now now I could travel to Vancouver and, and go to, to other places and not have to choose wherever I can. That's a possibility for me to train. And I and I found um, Ryan Diaz, who now has a big gym in Vancouver, and and the way I trained there was so different because I was training twice a day. I would train for like. I'd wake up, um, you know, like did, did a lot of grappling. I'd rest. I did another session. And then sometimes I, I would do an SNC. like this was totally different to what I was used to. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going like from the boxing guy to the kicking guy, to the wrestling guy to, to this. And, and I wasn't just in like in the car, like tired. So, so I was nervous because of that. I was just like, I haven't trained these many hours and I look at all the hours I trained and I lost. Imagine now that I've trained less. Yeah. But, but I felt different. I felt healthier. I felt more in tuned. Things like uh, Ryan taught me a lot of, of, like glue things for MMA. If that makes sense. Like how to kind of piece things a little bit more together. Yeah. Yeah. And they had great Muay Thai coaches and, and I, and I was able to evolve a lot in, in MMA and not so much in specific martial arts. So before that fight, I was, I was nervous because, because the training had changed so much. It wasn't from this draining chaotic thing to, to like, to a camp, to, to, a to an actual MMA camp Um with an MMA coach. <laughs> yeah. And I went and and I was just, I felt, I felt like in that camp, I did things, I did things a bit more my way and not my way. Like, Oh, I don't want to do that running, whatever. But I was able to, yeah. to be more calm in my mind to where I could add like my, my touch to things and, and think about moves and think about how to set things up. You know, I, I just felt like my mind wasn't so clogged with all this, just fog and, before it was just it was fog going training to training and just just keep going i would just tell myself just keep going just wake up the sooner you start the sooner you finish just keep going and it was just like oh this is how everybody trains this is why everybody's able to do this you know it's it wasn't my lack of willpower it's just that i was just running in the wrong direction so that was great but then after the fight i couldn't really go back to canada because i had to go apply for a residency and and it was just really hard for me to get it. So, yeah. so then we, then I, then here I am again, lost, <laughs> lost in the world. And uh, you know, I, I went to, I'd met Dan already at this point, and I thought if I lived in Europe, I might see him a little bit more often. I met Dan like in a, <laughs> in a more loving type of way. So, so I, I went to to Holland to train, and I ended up getting a really bad concussion. But in Holland here, I don't have a head coach. I didn't have somebody to tell me about it. So I went again to training and I had another one. And I realized that I'm like, why Why do I feel so? I felt I felt like I was getting lazy. Was like, why am I so lazy now? Why is everything so, like, it was so hard to do anything, anything at all. And I would keep trying to show up to training. And it was, I just felt like a zombie. I was like, I just want this to stop. And and I, I didn't understand what was going on, you know. I didn't understand, and I actually had another concussion. <laughs> I and mean, is that what
0: led up to you being you, you were pulled from a fight? Were you not for by a, a Brazilian Athletic Commission? Uh, was that yes. back in twenty nineteen? You were actually pulled mm. from a from a fight because of uh, headaches and stuff. Like that. Yes was was that what happened there? And then later on in, in I think twenty twenty it was. I think maybe just before the the, the pandemic you you fought uh, B Malecki and then decided to retire after that because of the because of the concussions is that right yes
2: yeah well it started there and the thing is like i was scheduled um i i'd asked for an cuz i just you know i just won in 69 seconds so i was like oh I, you know yeah. i'm not injured i'm okay i i'm ready to go i'm in shape let me get another fight and they're like no there's no fight available the only fight available is if you fight in december at one fifteen at 52 kilograms. And I'm like, I've never made that weight. Man. <laughs> like I, and, but, but I said, okay, it's, it's fine because I made, I made flyweight pretty comfortably because that's my natural, like that's my natural competition weight. I don't have to boil myself down to, to nothing in order, just because I can't make the weight doesn't mean you should,
1: <laughs> Yeah, you
2: know? And, and I accepted it because I I just, I really wanted to, And a a fight got offered in in Brazil, short notice at 125. And during these concussion things, my weight skyrocketed. I was was barely eating anything. But my body, I think because it was fighting off, you know, what was happening, I, I just started. I like my weight started to go up. I was really inflamed. So I thought, well, I can make 125 really easy. And let's see how that goes. And then if not, you know, it doesn't look bad if you don't show up to the one fifteen fight, because I already had the initial one twenty-five fight that I wanted. And in there, um yeah, I got I hadn't even started the weight cut and then my head was I've never have felt a pain like that hard in my head. It was it was crazy. I just I couldn't couldn't step, I couldn't do anything. And and my uh the people around me were really nervous. So, you know, they were worried. Especially because I hadn't started a weight cut, so it wasn't that was super dehydrated, this was just something else, so they took me to the hospital and um uh they you know they were doing a bunch of scans they 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 put an i v on me and at this point I'm like, if you injected that, how am I supposed to make weight now it's impossible yeah,
1: well, and then just quickly Veronica, was you was you also sparring at this point
2: uh no no the, the those happened uh they with wrestling.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. It was with wrestling. I mean, the, the, in the initial time it was, it was with one of my, one of the coaches at the time. And he was just, it was just really big, you know, and, and that's sometimes the, the danger. If you don't have somebody your size and you're going with somebody bigger, uh, something that's a tiny bit explosive for them is kind of catastrophic for you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it, yeah, they, you know, that they, they, they were there and that, The doctor ended up coming to my room and pulling me out of the fight when, when I got back to to the hotel and I still didn't get a clear answer of what was going on. I was like, okay, I'm being pulled out of this fight. I'm in this hospital. I've been here for hours and nobody can tell me what's happening. They're like, you don't have CTE. And in my head, I'm like, how would that even show? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? So, um, so then I went, uh, I stayed in, in Brazil and then it didn't get any better. So I started to see a neurologist and they gave me a whole bunch of medication. They're like, Oh, you should have these injections, but they only have it in Europe. So here are these medications. And they were anti-seizure medications and, and painkillers like, like horse tranquilizing painkillers. And then, you know, I took all of those, uh, and they, they and very, very, very stupid of me. Uh, I started to feel a tiny bit better and I accepted a fight, but I thought I'm going to accept it at 135 this time, because if I have the same issues, then I don't have to worry about anything. Weight cut. Yeah. If they, if they continue and then, and then it, it was bad. But like I couldn't, I did about, I did about 30 minutes of shadow boxing a day leading up to the following fight, because that's, a, that's as much as I could do. That's as much as I, and, and I'm like, I cried through the 30 minutes of shadow boxing. It, it wasn't easy. And, but I I felt, I felt so, I felt a little bit trapped because I'm like, dude, you start off and you just lose and you lose and you lose and then you get something like, you know, you, you did something good and now here you are again. You just canceled two fights. What are you going to cancel the third? So, so I didn't, I didn't. And, and I showed up and I was just like, in the end of the day, I fight and life's throwing a lot at me and I fought through it. So I'm going to fight through this. So obviously the fight didn't go my way. I was so tired. <laughs> I gave everything. <laughs> I remember reading some comments. It was like, my grandma has better cardio than you. And and, and I didn't, <laughs> like, I thought it was quite funny. Cause I'm like,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: Yeah and it was right after that fight that because of because of covid and all the crazy things that was happening you know like i was like i'm in, i'm in brazil and they weren't able to like pay off the government to just go ahead with this ufc fight <laughs> this ufc event like there was no crowd there was no nothing so um i go and like I- i'm talking to dan and I was on the fence about whether I, I would go or not with him. And, and I was just like, uh, I I I, I want to go with you. I, I want to see you because if not, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see you is. So I flew back with him and then pandemic started. Maybe like a few days after, after, you know, we landed. And it went from, you know, like Dan was this guy that I really admire that I'd seen a few times here and there. And, you know, I was absolutely crazy about him. So then we're, like, stuck in in his house. (laughs) And, and, yeah, I was just like, wow, I just, I really just got on a plane and flew. And now I'm just living with him, you know? Like, I felt a little bit like, does he even want me here like that? What is this? Did I just feel like this is my house now, you know? But I remember I wanted to start training. I was just like, I can do this. And Dan was like, my goodness, Cause he knew he knew like in detail everything that like I'd gone to, so he was just like, stop, stop. So whenever he went to Fight Island, because we had a gym at home, I would start training crazy, and my head would pound, and I would be like in bed for four days, Jeez. and it just didn't stop. And then I got injections and whole bunch of things. <laughs> But but then then it started to get better, you know, once I got off the injections, once I got off the painkillers, once I got off all of those, it started to get better once I took a break.
0: So was your were you were you taking a break knowing that you would come back? Or did you think I'm retired, I'm done, I can't ever fight again because of what's going on?
2: No, I I didn't really think about my MMA career at all. Because all I thought about was I wake up with a with a migraine and I go to sleep with a migraine and I don't really like this life right now (laughs) you know it's it's, I didn't care (laughs) for me it wasn't about being retired it wasn't about the UFC It wasn't about anything it was the fact that I couldn't have a normal life like I'd wake up in so much pain like I would just stare at a wall and cry I didn't, it wasn't about like, oh, I'm going to post on social media for my, you know, like my fans. Or well, I didn't care. I had I had problems, <laughs> like real problems that doctors weren't giving me solutions for. But just did, did more medical. you scared
0: of coming back then? Because you're like, in my head, I just think if that, if, if wrestling and all that stuff has done that to you. Yeah. Then uh, the last thing I think a lot of people would choose to do is go back to the thing that caused the problem initially. So did, did you...
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.
0: Did, did you ever think, no, I don't want to... were you always like, no, this is... I love this too much. I have to do this with my life.
2: I mean, I do love it, but I kind of also put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... I was like, what else are going to do? What am I
0: going <laughs> she, to do? Just going to have to live with right? these headaches every day.
2: <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> ibuprofen, where are you at? But... <laughs> No, it, like it, it. I I had I had this this long. There, there was there was a period where I had no headaches before I even started to train again. So I was very lucky that I now had you know I had Dan who who he was somebody. I'm like, what are you gonna say to Dan Hardy? You know, how can you possibly – How can he tell you something, knowing that he's doing it for your best benefit, and you you're gonna argue with it, <laughs> like like. <laughs> under under what right are you gonna like argue with that you know he has all this knowledge listen listen because it hasn't worked listen so I did you know I watched a, a lot of fights I started commentating I like I was I was stable and I was training because I loved it and not because I had to not because I had to get it done and I started to learn so much that I didn't know and that I, that, I feel, is where, where things really changed the most because then the thought of fighting seemed exciting to me, not like this daunting thing like, oh, if I lose, people are going to think I'm more of a loser. It was, I want to do this because I want to share this experience with Dan. I want to, you know, I want to, like, be coached by him. I want to, for him to, like, teach me things. I want us to, you know, to share ideas off each other. It was this this great bond that we were that this allowed me to have. And it gave me a different, it's like a whole different, like a rebirth of my love for martial arts. So, yeah, I mean, it it was a little bit scary. I think I had really hard, I had a few hard sparring sessions and I remember I was at GB Talk team. I remember I went into sparring and and it was like first time sparring in like three years. And I got kicked in the head pretty hard. (laughs) Um, but, like, uh, it was, her name is, like, Chanel. She's an amazing, you know, amazing fighter. She's, she's going to be massive in, in MMA. And, and I remember getting kicked in the head, like, really hard. And, being, and just and just being there for a second, like, trying to, to see if I had a headache. I was like, oh, I'm okay. Oh, I'm fine. You know, I've, I've done all this work to get me to a place where I am fine. And I can take it. And that gave me a lot of confidence. I was like no everything's cool. And they, and they have to come back so. <laughs> Great.
1: And uh, and this was leading up to a, a, a fantastic night uh, uh th- you finally got to fight in the O2. And, finally. Uh, so,
2: and with Dan so, Hardy. What? And with Dan
1: Hardy. <laughs> well, what, I mean we'll get on to the the, the, the post fight <laughs> moment. But um we always like to ask um fighters about their 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 kind of routine when when they're in that sort of room getting ready to walk out into an arena. And the fact that your first experience was you was walking out to fight in MMA and you'd never been to an MMA event and you was just going, oh, what's going on here? You'd never even <laughs> experienced it. Fast forward now to, to your backstage, you know, at, at, at the O2, getting ready to to, to walk out into, you know, um, Blake and I were there and it was a wonderful, wonderful um, moment. Um, what's your routine now when you're in that room ready to go?
2: Well, I feel like, in the O2, I, I found a routine. I, I, I dur- during this camp, I was training with uh, Jack Young um, and his brother, and and they're very systematic about the way they drill. And because we've been doing those drills so often, that when I when I got there, so when I got to the O2, there was a lot of traffic to get there. They moved the fights thirty minutes earlier. It was a mess. I w- I, w- I was just checking the time. Like I'm not gonna have time to warm up or wrap my hands or do anything. As soon as we get there, uh, the drug testing is like, well, we, you know, we have to do a whole exam. And it, it's not just, yeah, you, you pee in the cup and that's it. You pee in the cup, you fill out where you live, you fill out what you've taken, you fill out, you know, like all this information that you have to fill out. Well, I have to warm up. <laughs> I'm just like, you do not have. So, so I started freaking out. I'm like, do you not have another time to test me? And then I'm like, dude, calm down, calm down. This is this is when you get too you know when you get too crazy and then you do things that you shouldn't do in the fight. Calm down. So so I so I I changed. I did the test. The test. I I was looking at my my watch and I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not do good. Do you
1: mind me asking, Veronica, how long that that sort of test takes when you when you arrive on fight day? Like how, how long something like that is?
2: Yeah, it it always depends. Like if you have to go to the bathroom, it can be quite quick. But quite quick is is always at least thirty minutes. Right. You know, because you have to. You know, you you get a, a choice of cups. So they they put out the cups, and then you have to choose the cup. And then they put out a bunch of like little boxes. Choose the boxes. Open it this way. Put the trash here. Open it this way. Take 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 out the the red thing. And I'm like, I've I've been tested over and over again. I don't even look like I take supplements. Like, go go test somebody else. Leave me alone. Or test me out. I after. like the idea
0: of lots of little bottles to choose from. Like, oh, how much am I going to do today? Is this is going to be a big bowl, a little bowl.
2: Where are we going to go? They're all the same, but I think it's more so. So you don't feel like they're giving you a shady cup or something or right. a shady test because it's like you chose it, and then you have to fill it out, and then and then they go like, okay, let's review, and I'm just like, I have to walk. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I did, I did, fi- I did end up finding, you know, a, a routine. Thanks. Thanks to to Jack Young that helped me with that. Like he kind of made it and it, and it, I started and, and the moves weren't coming out that good, but it wasn't until like 10 minutes in when, when I started to get more warmed up that I felt, I felt relaxed then. Everything calmed down because it's the same moves that I've been doing over and over and over and over again. And even if I didn't use those moves, there was still a good warm-up. And before it went from, it was always different in the warm-up area because I was always coming from a different country to train. That I was training in a different country. I was doing a different camp. I was doing, I had, you know, everything was different every time. So I didn't know if, what should my warm-up be? Should it be quick? Should it be long? Some people, I've seen some people warm up, man, that like they did a whole marathon before they walk out. I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to fight after that. So yeah, I, I think I found I was able I was I was able to see the difference that having the right people around you makes. And with that, everything changed.
0: You, know? you got you had a phenomenal performance. I mean, you you, you, you fought a, a woman in Juliana Miller that I think had just come off winning the the Ultimate Fighter. She she you you were a big underdog in 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 that fight and uh the the scenes afterwards as well were absolutely fantastic <laughs> with, with you in dan's arms everyone like cheering it was absolutely brilliant the the under it was kind of like one of those kind of rocky moments where yeah. the underdog had done it <laughs> three years out of the octagon you came back and put in that performance which was absolutely yeah. incredible i looked at your instagram as well and you i think you you uh, <laughs> said something like dan looks happier here than he did on our wedding day <laughs> Yeah. You won that fight. I really did. <laughs> but it was great. It was it was it was absolutely phenomenal. Scenes. What were the emotions like when you were like three years out, come back in a fight that a lot of people were saying you know that you didn't really have much of a chance? Juliana Miller was the one that the UFC were kind of touting to do well or whatever. Yeah, How of course. How think... did it mean for you to, to to win that at the end? I I think.
2: It wasn't just the three years off, right? It was it was it was the losses. It was the being lost from country to country. It was the trying to find a home, trying to to just all this feeling of lostness to then I remember before before the fight I told Dan and he and he told me this was a bit sad. <laughs> but I was just like, I have never felt so much love going into a fight. And I felt it like from his family. Sorry. <laughs> like so much so much love and it and and my sisters as well and it's like I wasn't competing out of this I don't know this this fire under me I was competing because I loved it and I remember that win or lose the people around me they love me like I'm not I wasn't this piece of shit person if I didn't win this is sport it's a sport (laughs) and and then he saw, like, day in, day out, how to go from where I was to to fighting again, just that within itself was, it was pretty big. It was pretty big because I was really bad. And and it was all thanks to him.
0: That's that amazing. I, do, I feel like I want to give you a minute. I almost <laughs> want to give you, like, a virtual hug at the moment, but I, I can't. Um, that uh, it's what an amazing thing though to to know you have that love and that support going mm. forward now for every fight that you have yep. outside of the cage as well whatever you do out so if you've got those people in your life it must make just make every day easier when you're doing I mean because my my I am so in awe of the people that do MMA that, that do that the sport that you do I just think the the, the what it, the mental side of it, the physical side of it? I mean, Jesus, I just go to the gym and hit pads, and I'm like, oh god, that's a bit sore, isn't it? <laughs> like to do, to, do, to do like the wrestling, and, and then the weight cuts, the sacrifice of weight cuts. Right? That you, when fighters like yourself just go through so much just to even get in to the cage to fight before the fights even happened that you've got potentially millions of eyes looking at you and the danger of an elite level athlete standing opposite you in the cage before you even get there, there's so much to go through and so much to sacrifice to have that, as you said, that, that, that family, that love and support around you. Now you must feel like you can take on the world. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. A little bit.
2: Not that I can take on, but like I have, have the right people around me to do it. If I, does that make sense? Like if, if anything happens, I I know I have them and then that's yeah. That's kind of what matters, isn't it? That's, that's really, and, and I didn't, I didn't really have that. So I didn't realize that that was what matters. I just had martial arts from country to country. Like, So if that didn't go good, my whole world fell apart. Cause that was my whole world and it wasn't a sport that I was doing. And, and to put myself in that, in that position, sometimes you think if, if you like necessity brings great inventions, right. But sometimes it, it, it isn't that it isn't, sometimes it breaks you. Sometimes you feel like, like you can't catch a break and to have that support system to have to have my family you know like i really reconnected with with my family with my sisters especially i um i did a lot for that and and with his family to, they're, they're just my family now and, and to have that and be able to go and and do the thing that i love that just made the world of a difference and and that makes me that just That's the love I had for it when I was a kid before I went through all what I went through because of it. And I found that again, but better.
1: That's amazing. Absolutely wonderful. Um, We're going to throw a ridiculous question in now because we always, uh, (laughs) always want to ask fighters as well, once they've got that win, everything's done, the weight cuts over and they want to have a treat, what do you eat?
2: What I, eat. Mm. well, I went, I was looking for, for arepas, which is a, it's like a Spanish breakfast and it's um, I love it with shredded beef and, and cheese. And this is like special white hand cheese, they call it. And I love it. It's if you, if you, if you guys can look it up and have it, I'm sure they'll have some around. It's amazing. So I went and had that, but it wasn't until the next day because everything was closed, but yeah, I think the greatest thing was when we got back is I don't know why. Usually they have a green room after the fight and you chill for a bit and then they, they send you back. But they were sending us back right away after interviews. And because I had gone with Dan to Cage Warrior so many times, you know, we stayed in, in, in the same hotel. Like this was a hotel I was used to. So I remember it was after one event uh, like a, a year or, or so back that we were standing looking across at the o2 and and we were just talking about fights and it was really late at night it was probably like two in the morning we were just talking about moves and stuff and and to go there from the arena we went straight back to that spot and it was like look at where we are now you know that for me was better
0: than any (laughs) tree better
2: than anything yeah it
0: was special (laughs) I can just I can't imagine Dan talking about anything other than fighting <laughs> like just like just, just every time, just like Dan's just talking about fight he could just talk about it in so many ways, like you watch the breakdown he just so as you've said so knowledgeable about mm-hmm. the whole sport that like if he started talking about like i don't I don't know like football or I don't interior decorating. I'd be like, oh, hang on a minute, that's not that's not the Dan Hardy I know. <laughs> gonna, are, are there any moments like the, the dynamic between um, husband, wife, a, a, and and coach fighter? I, I, in my head, I envisage moments where that that that's tricky because I mean, I I, I wrote a my my wife sorry wrote a, a short film years ago that I directed, mm-hmm. and uh, there was moments where like. Before we got there, I was kind of sort of giving notes on the scripts. And, you know, it's not easy to say, oh, I don't think this line's very good or I don't think the arc of this is really good. There's got to be, are there moments where you're kind of like, oh, I wish, wish I could talk to Dan in a kind of just, just a husband capacity now and then moan about my boss at work. But I can't <laughs> because you are my boss at work. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit like tricky. It was tricky more during the beginning where I was having a lot of like headaches and stuff and, and his life is MMA. So I'm, I didn't want to know anything about it. Although I was trying to train and stuff. I just, it it was like an ebb and flow. And I was just like, I, I hate this. I hate martial arts. I don't even want to think about it ever again, but that, that wasn't true. I was just really, you know, I was really hurt by everything. Um, but i i think what what has helped is the fact that i've like lost so much so so what am i going to say if he tells me throw the punch this way <laughs> what foot am i going to stand on where i'd be like no it's not going to be that way <laughs> you know
1: yeah, i think
2: and and i have so much you know i have so much respect and admiration for him because because i live with him i'm able to see not the instagram version of dan hardy i'm able to see the the, he wakes up at seven in the morning and he starts watching fights and he starts analyzing and he starts breaking them down and he does this, you know, and I felt like he had so much work to do for, for himself. And he was, you know, like, he, it's not like he was getting paid to go coach me or it was financially beneficial for him at all. He, he, and he was driving me around as well because, um, I still don't have a driving license in the UK. Plus it's, and I'm driving on the wrong side of
0: the road. <laughs> the right side of the road. I think you're right. the correct side of the road.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, like he was, he, you know, he was taking me to train. Like it, it, it takes up so, so, like so much of his time for him to do that, that I, anything that he said, I was, I was like, I was grateful for his time there. Although, although I know he's my husband and all this, he's, he's my husband. He didn't sign up to be my coach. He signed up to be my husband. You know so so I was very grateful of of the time that he would because he still had to go back and do all that work anyway yeah so so anything that he like he shared with me, you know if he told me something sometimes he's he's very organized when it comes to training, and I'm more used to like chucking things in the bag and not really checking and, like, by memory thinking, no, I chucked it in and then I forgot. So a few times I forgot, like, wraps or something. <laughs> those were the arguments that we had. You <laughs> have to be prepared. So, yeah, those were the only moments that, not not technical-wise, but just, like, why did you bring this extra pair of whatever or something to training? Why are you not prepared? So, yeah, not I just wanted properly. You yeah. need
0: to pack better. That's the <laughs> <Yeah>. problem.
2: <laughs> but if you see him pack.
1: Like
2: it takes them forever. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's for like, like, where, where are you going? Like, you're not going for a year. You're going for like two weeks. Why are
0: you oh, so it's, it's all coming out now, and it's yeah. you don't just look I, like that overnight. Do you? he's got the hair products. he's got beard oils <laughs> going on, isn't he? It's all coming out now. All dance secrets. Loads of wardrobe changes. It's like Katy Perry at the VMA awards, isn't he? It's just like wardrobe changes all the time. Oh, he can yeah. be absolutely,
2: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He has so, he's so he has so much clothes, so much clothes. <laughs> hey, there's like the other day he wore a shirt. I'm like, I've never seen that before. He's like, Yeah, I have it in my closet. Never seen it before. <laughs> we live together. But yeah, he has a lot of clothes, but that 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 was the only thing that. That I guess he kind of argued with me about was not, you know, not being prepared to a, a training session, but well, I knew it was it was it was for my benefit anyway. So
1: yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's so wonderful to, to 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 see how you know that that almost sort of nomadic lifestyle that you was living as as you know. I, I know you're in America now and you've just flown out there and I'm sure you'll be coming back soon. But in regards to sort of training camps and things like that, it, you know, to 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 hear that you know. You're So grounded now, and, and you know, having Dan in your corner and Dan in your life, you know, it just seems like you're in a, a, a fantastic place. And to see that come to fruition at the O2 as well was a, a really magical moment. And so, what's next?
2: <laughs> well, we're um, I'm hoping to fight in Paris September 2nd.
1: Paris.
2: Yes, you know, it's it, I especially throughout the pandemic, I, I go at, every six weeks, I, I, I went to Paris for for commentary and you know i started there and and i've trained at mma factory and and i worked at the ufc event last year when they went to paris I, but, but i worked um like interview stuff in spanish so so to go from there to fighting i think that, that would be that would be pretty special so
0: that's, that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> oh, yeah well uh Stu and i have been talking about potentially getting over there for a, a paris card as well so let's mm-hmm. let's hope let's sure. hope we're all there we'll be cheering you on uh <laughs> as you hopefully go out and get another win uh we we've had you on for longer than we thought we were. we're sorry we've taken up so much of your time no sorry right?
2: i rambled so much oh my goodness
0: no, <laughs> no not at all no thank you so much for for coming on the show we've really enjoyed uh having you on thank you
2: Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. There you have it. Veronica Hardy. Wonderful chat. Wonderful chat. We have literally just hung up the the Zoom call to Veronica. We had a lovely, lovely little post-interview chat as well. Um, She's cracking, right? she's brilliant
0: yeah i mean she's been through so much as well like that that whole concussion thing just sounded scary like waking up just with terrible headaches just not being able to do anything she still ended up taking a bloody fight and everything. she that's the thing some sometimes these these fighters are too kind of brave for their own good and it's good now that she's got someone like dan alongside her that, that clearly like knows what he's doing and is saying to her you know you need to calm down you know listen to your body a bit all that stuff and then also god how i amazing was it when she got emotional talking about dan's family and her family and how she feels like she's got so much love in her life now and that's helping her go forward with her with her fight career i mean that was that was incredible stuff um yeah just lovely and hopefully she gets a uh, a fight announced very very soon and uh, we can all be cheering her on
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, we spoke um, a little bit about Dan as well, and the, the you know the, the the impact that Dan has had on uh, on Veronica's life and career. Um, we've been lucky to have had a, a good chat with Dan, uh, a real career spanning uh, interview with him, um, probably about a year ago now, and that's available in the uh, the archives of this podcast. Um, it's a great chat with Dan Hardy. Obviously, one of the, if not the, you know, one of. The best mind in MMA, yeah. and uh, he, his fight breakdowns are ridiculously on point. Um, and not just Dan; we've we've, we've been so lucky uh, with the archives. And uh, so go and explore them. I'm not going to list them all off, but as a who's who of uh, of MMA, so go and get stuck in. And uh, and if you uh, don't just want to listen to them, you want to watch them, then head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, apart from that, I think we're all talked out now.
0: We're talked out, mate.